0: Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Sheeran. My guest is Sherry Schwartz, Chief Marketing Officer at First Orion. Sherry, great to have you on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Really excited about it this morning.
0: You're very welcome. So before we dive in, a quick shameless plug. Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. That is my full-service B2B podcasting agency. We help B2B brands use podcasting as a fun and efficient way to have authentic, non-salesy type conversations with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. You can learn more about all of that at tribknowledge.com. Okay, so Sherry, tell us about a little bit about yourself, your background as a marketer, and about First Orion, what you guys do.
1: Absolutely. So I started my career in sales and I always like to introduce that because I think that that has helped really shape how I my approach to marketing is, is. I know what it was like to be a sales rep that had great marketing material and then one that needed more marketing material. So I've always taken that through my career. So I started in sales and then after about four years of that transitioned into marketing and have uh, done that ever since, mostly working within SaaS technology startup organizations and really did a deep dive into my career for many years in product marketing first before I then started taking over brand and brand communications and PR and and now I've had the fantastic opportunity to be chief marketing officer at First Orion so First, Orion's been around since 2008, but it's all about protecting the consumers, working with both phone subscribers, major carriers, as well as brands. So consumers don't answer unknown numbers. We all know that. We're, we're all guilty of not raise, answering the unknown number that approaches us on our phones. We don't trust it. We're afraid of scams. So First Orion both works with subscribers and protecting with spoof and scam protection and call protection services. On the other side of that, we want to give people a reason to trust their phones again. So we have a branded communication product that allows businesses to brand the who and the why behind the call, providing complete transparency in it so that that customer feels very comfortable knowing that they can trust in their phone. Based on the subscriber protection, but then also in the brands that are trying to reach them.
0: Okay, wow, that's that's really cool. I mean, a couple of things. First, I really love what you said about sales and marketing, mm-hmm. and I think all anyone in marketing should, at the very least, go through some kind of sales training at the oh, company yes. you work with, right? And ideally, even have some experience, real experience in sales. I mean, I mm-hmm. I was in marketing. I was a copywriter in the medical device industry for a little bit, mm-hmm. and I had never done that kind of thing before and I had never been in sales and they made me do sales training. And when I was doing it, I'm like, why am I, why am I spending all this time? Like I'm not a salesperson. But then later on I was like, Oh, that's why, because yeah. if you don't know what sales is doing, then how can you be an effective marketer? It's, it's absolutely awesome.
1: And I think the thing that's so important are the value propositions and the stories you tell in the market to differentiate who you are compared to other choices that are out there. And I think having that either sales training or coming from sales, it really widens your eyes so that you know how to deliver what sales really needs and how to also what I like to also do is if I'm creating a presentation or I'm creating a new storyline, I like to kind of walk through it with sales like I was the sales rep to kind of give them cues and best practice on how to pitch it or how to tell that story. I think that it just makes it stronger. And in marketing, you really need to be that steady bridge between what your product organization is building and what your sales reps need to the amount of different prospects that they're talking to in the marketplace, even to your customer success team for retention
0: yeah. and
1: br- building that customer relationship.
0: Yeah, it, it's, I mean, if you're in marketing, you're. it's all sales enablement. I mean, you, yes. you have to think about it that way. It's you you, You're serving sales. And, and anyway, that's a whole other discussion we could go on about. Yeah. And also, <laughs> first, oh, yeah, for, and, and first, oh, Ryan, what you guys do that's so cool, it's one of those ideas that's kind of like, God, that's so obvious. Like, how how is it that no one's done that before, you know? It, and which are the is. best ideas? Because it's like, it is. yeah, of course that should be a thing, you know?
1: Exactly. Well, that was the reason why I joined. I related to the product when I was given the call about the opportunity to join the organization. I related to it from the brand yeah. and communication side of the house. I know what it's like. To be a mom that Mm -hmm. is working hard all day, gets an unknown number, goes, I don't have time for that. You put put it face down and then you just haphazardly pick it up two hours later and receive a voicemail. You listen to the voicemail and it's your son's school saying, oh, he's sick and he's in the nurse's (laughs) office. And mom guilt, like you just sit there and go, oh. I should have answered the phone but you didn't trust the number or think about the amount of times you're expecting a refrigerator to be delivered and Mm -hmm. they're lost or they need to reroute or reschedule it and you didn't answer and so you're sitting there and you took off work waiting for this refrigerator to be delivered and they're late but they're trying to reach you it was so many compelling different stories that I, as a consumer, could resonate to. So it had excited me to get on the other side of that to be able to tell those stories.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I'm horrible about checking my voicemail, you know, so, oh, like, I often, I'm often, i just not in the habit of it. Yeah. And I'll often, and then I'll be like, oh, I have some voicemails, and I'll listen. And I'm like, oh, boy, that call was, like, four days ago. And <laughs> it's I ac- actually something yes. I needed to know. Yes. Whoops. You know, exactly. so, okay. So now, what you're doing... Makes total sense and you know, seem it'll add a lot of value, but it's also a new thing, and you guys are the yes. first to offer it. So, as a marketer, that gives you the distinct challenge of mm-hmm. explaining what this thing is a new thing, kind of a new category, and educating your audience that hey, this now exists. That's right, meaning you know, that people aren't necessarily already looking for it. No, so, mm-hmm. so, so. so and I know that storytelling, using stories, is one of your techniques because we talked about that a little bit before. So let's talk about that. What kind of storytelling are you guys doing or like, do you find that works well for that particular challenge of introducing a new concept?
1: Well, I think that beauty as well as the curse is that this is, an, this is applicable to any industry. Yeah. And any organization that is trying to reach its customers, at least the branded communication side of the house. And so therefore it's such a wide market to reach. And the thing that we've been really concentrating on are telling the unique stories that pertain to each different audience. So tell the retail story, tell the Mm -hmm. customer service story, tell the recruiting story, that a company could even use this for recruiting purposes so that Mm -hmm. they provide that best in class experience. To be able to tell the financial services fraud alert story. You have to really make sure that you're delivering a problem that somebody can read and relate to. But that requires the plethora of stories and that requires really deeply learning your audience and, and mm-hmm. sitting in and learning the voice of the customer. It becomes critical. And so that and we have to do a lot of thought, thought leadership and education. A lot of people think, well, there's caller ID services. So why do I need brain and communication? But less than 10% of consumers opt in for caller ID services. Mm-hmm. And you don't get to control how your name is displayed. So if you have a very super, a super long name, then it may shorten and it may slice and dice and it doesn't come out crystal clear on the other side to somebody who's opted in for caller ID services. Branded communication gives you the complete 32 character and more runway to have the character spacing to tell your name or to tell the reason behind the call. And so you have to do the education just on the difference between this and something that everybody has known about for a long time, caller ID. But then the second piece of that is you have to deliver, deliver the stories that people can relate to.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, and, and to segment it, right? Like you were saying before, yes. not just our audience, but the, the different groups within your broader audience, that's right. Different kinds of stories, different ways of delivering the stories. That's right. So, so give me an example of that. Like for one segment of your, your audience, what have you learned and discovered in terms of what kind of story to tell and how to deliver it? And that, I guess that can mean a style of storytelling or the channel that you use. Like, What's mm-hmm. an example of how that actually works?
1: Yeah, I like, I like the story around retail delivery. We had a customer that was leveraging it for that delivery use case. They had products they needed to deliver. And what they were coming back to us on was they were telling us, listen, for every time we have to reroute because somebody didn't answer that phone. It was costing us money. It was costing us over a hundred dollars. And so it's not just about getting someone to answer the phone. It's also about telling the other side of the story that matters to the business, the cost savings that could come about the, um, uh, productivity and the time of the drivers and the people that are trying to you know, do this on the other end. And so you leverage that in a variety of ways, content-wise. You tell that story in blogs. You tell that story in short video. You tell that story in case studies or case study slides. You slice and dice the story to get across from a variety of channels because there's not one channel that that audience is going to interact with you on. They're going to interact with you and, and need to understand understand and see that content from a variety of channels. So you need to learn how to be able to slice and tell those many stories across all channels.
0: Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of content to produce, right? It can be a heavy lift for any marketing team, even larger teams. So I would imagine that having a strategy to repurpose content is pretty important. Do Do you guys do that? we
1: do so we'll sit around and we have this great story and we'll produce content briefs and it's mm-hmm. it's all like minds I and mean, we have two videographers we have two content writers that that's it and one public relations manager and three product marketers you know the team is relatively leaner but what we do is we are super smart with our time and super smart with taking one story and slicing and dicing and maximizing it so every single time we're doing a content brief it is, there is not one channel that doesn't get untouched so that as we are diving deep and we may create the longer form of content, then video is taking that and extracting for their many stories. And then we're extracting for the case study slide, extracting for the longer version slide. And we're doing that all together.
0: Yeah, right. That's you, you have to, yeah. you have to in order to, to and then the trick is Absolutely. maintain quality, yes. maintain the consistency, all that stuff.
1: Exactly. And, and people don't want to constantly be product pushed. So you have to also think about that. Everyone loves a story and everyone gets excited about saying, Hey, here's what my product does, but we have to take a step back and it can't always be, what does your product do it? It also needs to be, but why does that matter? Like yeah. what's in it for me? And cause you're also going to reach people. You don't want to oversaturate with product heavy content and you're going to reach people that are aware of you, but maybe just don't care. Maybe yep. they just don't have a need immediately. And that's the reason why you can't hundred percent focus on content and you've got to engage giving them relevant day-to-day problems that they can relate to. And you've got to give them something where you are looked at as a thought leader that gets it. I get their problem. I'm yeah. listening to their problems because then they start looking forward to the content that you're producing because they're, they want to learn something else. So then as you're doing this, your brand becomes more attractive and it becomes more trustworthy. And so you're giving them that reason to, from an emotional response to continue to choose you. Think about it. You could have two competitors that offer the same product. Sure. There are some functionality differences, but who's telling the better story? Who's telling something that gives them and evokes that emotional response Yeah. versus product push? Who's painting the picture of the art of the possible? Because that's when marketing helps sales as well win, because they're going to choose that organization that evokes that emotional response that they relate to, that they found the solution to multiples of their day-to-day problems with.
0: Yeah, who's who's becoming that trusted resource? Yeah. Not just for what your product can do, but no. just for no. insights, information, That's ideas, right. and ongoing conversation about why like you said, the why, why all of yeah. this matters in the first place. And they do it at a high level. That's right. And 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 it's always, you know, and it I mean, and this is not easy to do. I mean, to, to oh. you basically become a media company and you have to have you do really talented writers and producers and all that stuff so now one thing you haven't mentioned but i'm i'm very excited for you guys is that you are launching a podcast yeah so this is going to be part of your mix and your ways of delivering this kind of valuable content yeah. so talk a little bit about that i mean starting with just the why why are you adding a podcast to the mix
1: because we want to be able to deliver premium content that is convenient for people. So I, I like to look at it as how do people interact with podcasts? Well, um, on their drive to work in the background as they're working, might be some background that they're listening to. It may even be that they wait and they listen to your podcast while they're cooking dinner. They are doing it at the time that is very convenient to them. Maybe they're listening to a podcast on a walk or a jog. And so I, I we want to create a way for people to continue to absorb our stories easily. And you can't do that always by reading long forward content. We know the attention span consistently shrinks all the time. There's so much to read. There's so many emails that come in, an average of 121 emails a day, I think I've read recently that people get. So how do you give that entertainment factor? And so that's the reason why we wanted to go in. We wanted to view this as a natural complement to our existing content and content channels that we use, but as a way that gives that extra entertainment factor.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you you use the the word entertainment. I think that's so important. You know, like that's podcasting is what I know best. And because people are listening while doing Mm -hmm. other things, like you said, I think the the entertainment value becomes even more important than in other kinds of content. Like if you're reading a blog and you've chosen to spend a few minutes with it you you're concentrating only on that and you're kind of skimming it for like the nuggets that are useful to you to take out like, ah, okay, there's the answer to my question or that's how you do that. Okay, good. With a podcast, it's a little different. You're, because you're not like looking at it and you're doing other things, it really, in order to keep listening, it really needs to be entertaining, you know, actually, Fun to listen to, or at least engaging enough to listen to, so that you keep you know listening and you, your mind right. doesn't wander completely away. No. So, how do you make it entertaining? Like, what is your guys' plan for 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 making entertainment you know a big part yeah. of what people are going to get?
1: Well, we don't want it too long, number one. Okay. We don't want to consistently make this something that's too long that you get bored with, that you listen to the first you know fifteen twenty minutes of, and then go oh. All right, heard enough and jump. We want to continue to tell stories, but we don't want it always about ourselves. We want to bring in guests. We want to have customers or partners come in. We also have a team of wonderful data scientists that are constantly monitoring scam trends. And we know on a monthly and weekly basis, the top scams of the week or the top scams of the month. We even Mm. have recordings of what some of those scams are. So we look at it also as an opportunity to highlight additional information that people can stay abreast on and be aware of as well. A business has a lot of wonderful opportunities. They have an opportunity to leverage a channel that is cheaper than advertising a billboard. They have an opportunity to learn more about how branded communication through your mobile device can really help you increase your customer connections. But on the other side of that, coming from our you know, communication protection and call protection offerings, you have the ability to also educate them on why it should matter, because of the mm-hmm. amount of different scams that are out there that people are receiving that makes them not trust their phone communication anymore. And so we want to tell a bunch of these stories because we want people to learn. But then we don't want it all about ourselves. We want to bring guests in as well and let the voice of the customer or the voice of the partner really resonate.
0: Yeah. You know, that's a great idea for a podcast. You could call it like scam of the week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you could. There's always new ones. (laughs) That's
0: so interesting. Like you often wonder who's doing these scams? Like where do they come from? Who plans them? You know, how does it work? For a while, I was getting a bunch of calls where people speaking Chinese like right. i don't know what the hell that was about but well
1: and there's so many really good news stories to piggyback off of and talk about and we like and that's one of the things that we like to also add to our storytelling capitalize mm-hmm. on 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 some of those so for instance over the summer there was the MLB draft there was a Baltimore Orioles baseball recruit that they were trying to draft He did not answer when the Baltimore Orioles, when they were trying to reach them, he Mm. didn't answer because he was told, you know, don't answer any unknown numbers. And so fortunately, happy ending of the story is is that they were able to connect and he got drafted (laughs) and, you know, congratulations (laughs) to him, but it it goes back. And this is a real life story that that we didn't make up or we didn't go seek out. It's, it was on the news and, and it just really shows that consumer concern over the unknown number. And also recently, and it was across on the news, and I think it even made Good Morning America, there was a 73-year-old grandmother who had received a call. It was an unknown number. She answered it, and it was somebody pretending to be her grandson. Mm. It was asking for money. And she was smart enough to recognize that it was not... Real and that was not her grandson, but she set it up to have that person come to her house, and the police were there waiting and arrested the guy for fraud. Mm-hmm. And but these are scam. I mean, that is a scam tactic. That yeah, is a yeah. scam tactic that you hear about often, and it is super important for everyone to really understand the latest and greatest and and to help protect and to help we as help consumers trust that they can answer that call, uh, make it harder for bad actors. To spoof your business number, give yeah. you, give, give you that brand reputation. There's also the ability to say, listen, Amazon's changed, and B2C, consumer based marketing, has changed the way that B2B and consumers expect out of their businesses. You know, that that instant delivery, that instant ease, that convenience, transparency into where are my package is and what's going on, and make it easy to do business with you. And if you're doing branded communication and you're reaching out, you've got a consumer going, wow, there's the logo of the organization. That's who's calling. Here's why they're calling. Why don't more companies do that? So then you're putting your brand and your brand's Mm -hmm. reputation on this pedestal that makes it hard because then consumers, as more and more people adopt this technology, consumers are going to look around and going, well, why aren't more organizations doing that?
0: Right. Right. Competitive advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, my mind is still stuck on the podcast idea. I Really, You like, this yeah. would be a cool podcast right here. Call it Scam of the Week. And each episode, it could just be 10, 15 minutes, tells the story of a particular phone scam. Yep. And tells, like, behind it and who did it and how it was solved. And then each episode also includes, like, a tip. Okay, here's how to recognize this and here's what to do if you're, you know. Yep. And that would be it. Like, yeah. that would be entertaining because it's like a true crime thing almost, it but is. also useful because you're like, oh, okay, here's how to recognize it and to not get caught up in the scam. I'd yeah. listen to that, wouldn't you? And
1: it, and it cycles too. I mean, yeah. we're about to enter tax season. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody stay abreast. <laughs> More scams are going to come out because you're entering this new season, just like, you know, the holidays brings out a whole different plethora of scams to stay abreast of people pretending that your Amazon delivery is in, you know, there's, it's a huge delay and you've got to give me your personal information to access the account. Next thing you know, they've got your financials.
0: Right. Wow. So when is the podcast going to debut?
1: So we are actually in the middle right now in our headquarters in Little Rock building out our recording studio because okay. we really want to have this, just this awesome background and setup and just the quality of the podcast we want to deliver. So it's set to go out in quarter two. That's, okay. our, that's our aim right now is it, we're going to go ahead and plan out all of our episodes and mini record. And then that way we can publish as often as we want, but we have the library built. And then that way we can pivot if there's Mm -hmm. a new scam that arises or we're able to have the voice of the prospect or the customer come on the show and and need to book around or record around their schedule.
0: Awesome. That sounds so cool. Well, great. Good luck with that. I'll definitely check it out when it debuts. And Sherry, thank you so much for all that, for a great conversation. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.